Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. On today's show, we are joined by former BYU All-American and sponsor of the 2022 SoCal Pro Circuit, Bruce Klieg, to discuss his support for the series of six ITF professional events that have happened in the San Diego and Los Angeles area. Of course, our Cracked Rackets team has the privilege to broadcast all of that action on our YouTube channel already enjoyed three events in San Diego, still have three more to go in Los Angeles. We wanted to speak with Bruce today about the importance of providing these professional playing opportunities to the countless aspiring juniors, high-level collegians, and professional tennis players in the Southern California area, the importance of having ITF Pro Circuit events in developing a generation of talented American men and women's tennis players. And then, of course, I had to talk to Bruce a bit about his history, about his days playing college tennis, why that pathway to the pros, such a valuable pathway in this modern era, and then had to pick his brain a bit about some of the past greats he got to compete against. It is a fantastic conversation that we know all of you listeners are going to enjoy. Of course, before we get to it, have to give a shout out to our friends at Swing Vision for their support of this show. Of course, any of you who have yet to do so, go check out the Swing Vision app, truly on the forefront of all artificial intelligence technology innovations happening within the sport. Simply put, you download the Swing Vision app, you're going to get better in your own game. What you do is you download that Swing Vision app, you set the app up every time you step up on the court. The Swing Vision app, it's going to do the rest. It's going to record your hitting session, break it down for you. It's going to list all the unforced errors, show you the winners you hit as well, and help you get better in the most efficient manner possible. Of course, when you do sign up, use our promo code crack 20 you'll get 20 dollars off plus a free 14 day pro trial to learn more just click on the link in the description to this podcast again a massive thank you to our friends at swing vision for their support you can learn more by clicking on that link in the description of this show with that said let's get to it my conversation with bruce cleek hey crack fans Before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of course, friends who use our Cracked Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code Crack 20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link? To get signed up, just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. You go to the Swing Vision website, you set up your account, you download the app, you get rocking and rolling, get all the information, one location with our friends at Swing Vision. 
Joining us on the podcast today is a two-time All-American at BYU and a man instrumental in making the 2022 SoCal Pro Circuit happen. Welcome onto the show, Bruce Klieg. Bruce, pleasure to have you here today. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it is my pleasure and so many different questions for you. But the place I want to start is with the SoCal Pro Circuit. And we here at Crack Racket, so fortunate to be able to broadcast that action to tennis fans everywhere. We'll have our championship Sunday semifinal Saturday coverage continuing next week for all of you. The start of the three-week Los Angeles stretch, the question I have for you, what led you to get involved with this SoCal Pro Circuit? Why was it important for you to be a part of this series? Well, I played tennis. I played on the Pro Tour for a number of years, and I haven't played tennis for quite a long time until my, my kids now are, are you know, 15 years old. And so when I saw they, they hit with a number of, 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 of people that are just out of college, a number of young uh, players that I, I always wondered, why are they, you know, why are they coaching right now? Why aren't they out on the tennis circuit? And, uh, the, you know, the, the reasons were pretty tough. It's very difficult to get a foothold in the, in the, in the tennis tour nowadays. Um, if, you, if you're graduating from college, uh, you need to have points to get into the, very, the lowest level of, of tournaments. When I, grew, when I got out of college, the first thing I did, I played a thing called the satellite tournament. And they had those back then. That was, that was our doorstep into the tour right there. You'd play four tournaments and you'd play a Masters. And then how you finished on, uh, on all five of those tournaments would, would determine how many points you got. So if it was a $25,000 tournament, if you won the whole circuit, you'd get probably 20 points or so. If you came in uh, 30th, you'd probably get one point. But at least it was somewhere to start. And they don't have those anymore. Now they just have 15000 25000 $100,000 tournaments which you can't even get into the qualifying on unless you do have a wild card or some other means to do it. So I saw all these, these uh, pros that should be out there trying to play. They weren't, they weren't doing it because it was too expensive. There was nowhere for them to go. And the money was pretty good at teaching. And so they're defaulting back to teaching instead of giving, their, uh, giving it a shot on the pro tour. Now, I just didn't want anybody when they're 40 years old to look back and say, geez, I wish I had given it a shot and and tried to play and that's what i saw happening so i went i i went uh, and talked to a friend of mine lorny kuhl and uh lorny said how do i put something like this together i want a satellite tournament again i want to have these kids not uh i wanted them to have a chance to to play on the tour and lorny put me in touch with the usta and then we went to the atp and then finally uh, the southern california tennis association liked the concept and but they wanted to change it from a satellite type event to individual fifteen thousand dollar tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, why they do that? Because I still think they're missing out on people that can't even get into the fifteen thousand dollar events. Um, but we're going to talk to them and maybe get that change down the road. But that was it. It was just just to fill a need that I saw out there uh, to help these kids uh, uh, give it a shot on the tour, and instead of just going straight into teaching or or what other other work they might might want to do. And I want to go – there was so much there, and I appreciate, you know, again, the candidness in your answer and taking us through the history. I grew up on stories of the satellite tour, and you mentioned the four-event sequence leading to a master's event. I think one of the key ingredients for the satellite tour, and if you don't mind expanding on it here – 
all four of those events would be in relatively similar areas, right? I am from Michigan. I know they used to have satellite events in, say, West Bloomfield, maybe Midland, then maybe Chicago, some sort of series of events where it's all within a reasonable travel distance from one event to another. That's another key ingredient in this as well, right? Minimizing those expenses. How valuable was that to you at the start of your career? And, you know, is that part of this idea for the SoCal Pro Circuit is all of these events in one location? Well, I, th- I mean, cost is very, I mean, tennis is a very expensive sport. Mm-hmm. And the way I have it laid out right now, I think there's only six uh, uh, future cir- tournaments in the United States right now. And to play those, you have to go to maybe San Antonio, Texas, and then maybe three weeks later, you have to go to Chicago, and then maybe you have to fly to San Francisco. Well, the cost to do that for people just starting out without a job is just prohibitive. And so the satellite circuit, it was a way that you, now the first one I played was in the, in the Missouri Valley was called, and I played the first tournament was in Kansas city. And uh, then you went from Kansas city to maybe St. Joe, Missouri, but you played, you, they were all in the same area here where you, you know, you, somebody, somebody had a car and you stuck six people in a car and you traveled <laughs> to them. Just gave housing out. You stayed with families. You got to know people. They become in, more involved with the sport. And I think it worked out great for everybody right there. But that was a way to do it with minimizing the cost because cost is, is, is the big problem on a lot – is one of the biggest problems that we have out there. No, certainly. And for these players, and I imagine for you and your experience – what another benefit of having these events in the same locations it's just easier to practice it's easier to say hey you're playing these six events i'm playing these six events you want to be practice partners for the six weeks whatever it may be and to your point and chris boyer instrumental in getting this socal pro circuit off the ground sent me these numbers you know from may to September in 2021, there were nine men's ITF pro circuit events. During that same time in Europe, there were 102. You know, that's just an unacceptable disparity if we want American tennis to be able to compete. And one of the bright spots, certainly of this SoCal pro circuit, not only the men's singles and doubles action, you have women's singles and doubles on the same site. In terms of, again, and I I know it's a similar question to what I asked you at the start, but the financial commitment it takes and, you know, again, being willing to invest in this grassroots level of tennis. Why was that so important to you? Well, again, I didn't want any, I didn't want somebody to be 40 years old that that's, that went through all the junior programs mm-hmm. and practice three, five hours a day for their whole life to have to default into teaching and not pursue their dream. This is a way for somebody to pursue their dream, at least have a shot and I think we've accomplished a lot of that the way it is right now. We'd like to refine it, maybe go into satellite type of event also. Um, but uh, when I look at it today and I've talked to a lot of the players, they get one ticket. That's the San Diego. They can stay here for four weeks and they've got 60 other people to practice with at a very high level, which improves their game tremendously and they have a shot of playing these tournaments right here all in one place a lot of the people have housing with families in this area right here and we like to expand that even more and that's important because the housing costs you a lot of money especially in the summertime in san diego so the cost is the, is the big thing right here and um, um i think by having them in the same ge- geographic area it worked out. Now, I think it was important for us to go up to six tournaments instead of just having three in San Diego. 
uh, because we can include Los Angeles. Now, Los Angeles is only, you know, that, uh, an hour, an hour and a half away from San Diego. It's very easy for people to get from San Diego to there. So now when you think about it, they have one ticket to San Diego, one ticket back out. And for six weeks, seven weeks, they're in an area with 60 other uh, plays, pe people to play with and get excellent practice and have an opportunity to pursue their dream. That's what we're doing. Hour away if it's 4 a.m., three hours away if it's 4 p.m., uh, Los Angeles to San Diego. But no, I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, again, I'm curious, and you're a former two-time All-American standout at BYU. Shout out to the former, what was it, 75-76 conference champs, I believe, if my memory sure. is correct. And, you know, I'm curious in your mind, what role does college tennis play? in helping to grow this sport moving forward in this country? Well, I guess it's our minor leagues, right? In sure. the United States leagues, they don't have a minor leagues in, in Europe and the South America, Australia, that sort of thing. They, they start out at 18 years old. They go from high school and they just stick them on the tour. I mean, the Australians were notorious for kids starting out at 16, 17. They take it one way ticket to Europe and you just stayed there until you made it or didn't make it. That was it. Um, I remember playing uh, Pat Cash, you know, at 16 years old or, or some of these other players, 17 years old. That's that's the way it was back there. So um, in, in America, uh, college tennis still means something. And uh, uh, but what it does, it takes four years away from the tour uh, that uh, where, where the rest of the play people are playing on the minor events and they're trying to build up their points and that sort of thing. So our minor events are college tennis right now. And, um, you know, my personal opinion is that, uh, you know, we have too many foreigners that play on all of our college teams. It drives me crazy when I see that, you know, taxpayers in the United States will have one player or two players from the United States and the other six or so are from somewhere else. I'm not sure why we have it that way. I think that we should probably adjust that a little bit. Um, I see the need for foreign players, but I also see the need for more spots for, for um, uh, American players themselves. But college tennis is super, super important. Uh, you, you get, you get a very good coaching in most of the schools right now. You get to uh, play with six or seven people or eight people that are pretty competitive with you every single day. So it grows your game tremendously. Does it grow it more than actually going on the circuit? I don't know. It's an individual decision. Um, but uh, I highly recommend college tennis. I there's any substitute for it. No, uh, the answer would be because the level of play of the international players raises the level of college tennis any, everywhere. You look at guys like Cam Norrie, Kevin Anderson, Joe Salisbury, world number one in doubles right now, all guys who came from abroad who took the time to develop in college tennis and are now top players in the world. And proving that's a pathway to the pros, I would imagine it would encourage Americans who are iffy about the college tennis pathway or are just, you know, again, unsure about their tennis future, go play college tennis, get exposed to that level of play. And to your point, certainly you learn whether A, it's a developmental path or B, you get a fantastic education and it's the best of both worlds at that point. Now, you know, it's funny, you mentioned some of the players you had to play in the past. I'm going to take us back to the 1984 Wimbledon. Final round qualifying. 17-year-old had never played a Wimbledon main draw before by the name of Boris Becker. Comes up against Bruce Gleek in that final round of qualifying. Talk me through a match against young Boris. Well, I went out there pretty confident. Just <laughs> playing a very young player right there. But, you know, he walked on the court with uh, Ian Teriak as his coach. 
the Ontario Act is a you know uh, the, just a very big name in tennis, and it scares it scares you really just having him on the side. Now this is back when nobody really had coaches. Maybe Borg had coach, and and that was about it. Uh, <laughs> But uh, here, this young kid comes on the court with Ian Terrier kind of in the sideline right there. And instead of being super confident about the match, you know, I was a little hesitant about it right there. And uh, now he served and volleyed, and he served and volleyed as good as anybody does right there. But uh, maybe a couple nervous points, you know, really all the, is all that determines uh, the winner in, in those type of matches or even matches today. And and so, you know, unfortunately, I lost that match. And um uh, but it was, you know, it was, it was a, just another experience and I've lost matches before and okay. willing to play again. So, um, just another stepping stone. That's all. No, a lot of fun matches on the resume, I think. And I happen to have a friendship now with Texas A&M men's tennis head coach, Steve Denton. I see your win in Newport seven, six and a third. That's a heck of a win. I think people forget how good Steve Denton was. Steve Denton was unbelievable. He uh, he teamed up. Uh, he used to go to school with a person named Kevin Curran. Kevin Curran was one of the best players in the world at the time, finals at Wimbledon, that sort of thing. But anyway, he formed a doubles relationship with, with Kevin, and they hooked up with a, a coach named Bob Brett. Bob Brett was just uh, uh, an absolute super home run coach. He, 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 he got everything that you had in you. He got it out of you right there. And he turned Steve into one of the best players in the world, I guess, top 10 in in the world right there with a serve that was, uh, you know, lightning speed. Um, So uh, I had played Steve uh, two or three times before and Mm -hmm. had had a lot of success with him. So obviously the confidence I had going into that match, I had that, uh, past experience of beating him, even though he was ranked 10 in the world. But, but that's, uh, uh, you know, I, I think if you beat somebody one time, you feel a little more confident the next time. I don't care if they're ranked number 10 in the world or number 400 in the world, you still have that going for you. But yeah. that was a great, was on grass at Newport, uh, Rhode Island. Yeah. Great and tournament. I, I can hear it in your voice, your affinity for doubles. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Does, why is doubles not marketed the way it perhaps once was? What is doubles missing at this point? Because when I watch it, I still am fascinated by it. I think in a college tennis match in particular, the energy of the doubles point might be my favorite energy of any you know of any form of tennis. Are you again? Am I on to something? It it does sound like you may have a passion for doubles. Oh, I think you're right on. I mean, if you watch tennis, uh, if you watch a singles tennis match today, the the most of the points are played from the baseline. You know, they're forehand to forehand, backhand to backhand. My gosh, you can have 30, 30 point rallies, 50 point rallies, right? You get into a doubles match and people are nose to nose at the net right there, hitting the ball as hard as they can. The action is 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 incredible. And um, I just think it's a faster game. It's more exciting. And uh, I wish more people... Uh, uh, paid it, paid attention to it. Um, I think the top players uh, are needed in doubles um, to make the doubles uh, a more exciting game, maybe, or bring more people to the thing. But it's very difficult to get them to play doubles when they're being offered so much money to play singles, and they don't want to jeopardize how they do in that in that sport. But no, doubles is unbelievable and so fast and so interesting for even the the people that don't understand tennis. Yeah, the reaction time, just the creativity, the improvisation. It is. It's it's quicker. It's thrilling. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Where are you with world team tennis, out of curiosity? 
Well, I wish there was a way to make world team tennis work. Yeah. And I think it's, I've watched some here in San Diego, the aviators, um, as, is a great team. They've, they've tried, uh, all kinds of different ways to get people to come and watch and they've had a lot of success in it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, something's missing in the sport in, in that field. Um, I don't know what it is. Um, but, uh, it would be great if we could expand tennis into some other format like world team tennis. I think that's Billy Jean's, uh, um, uh, baby right there. And it would be great if we could figure out how to make that work. I don't think it's worked hundred percent so far, but I think it's had some successes and I think, uh, you know, tennis evolves. Uh, we're looking for different ways to expose, uh, people that don't play tennis to tennis. And, uh, you know, maybe it's some combination of world team tennis and college tennis. Maybe that's, that's the answer. I don't really know. Get the girls and the boys uh, team tennis in, in, in college, uh, uh, I did it. We, we did it once um, when I was at BYU and we played uh, Arizona and, in a trial thing. And it was fantastic. It was inside and the atmosphere was great. Yelling, screaming, you know, completely different than a regular tennis match. So I, I hope there's a way to, to make it work. But if not, maybe it'll morph into something that, that does work. You talked about college tennis as a minor league system. Top 10 players, however many teams there are in world team tennis. Men, women, you send the top uh, players all to world team tennis. And yeah, you integrate the two levels. I absolutely think there's a path forward there. Uh, With all that said, again, SoCal Pro Circuit, still three weeks to go. We've got the Los Angeles stretch coming up. Uh, Obviously, I'm a major believer in the level of play. I know how fantastic it is. But if our listeners won't believe me, Maybe they'll believe you, Bruce. Why should people tune into this event if you're in the SoCal area? Why should you come out to one of these matches? Well, but I think the quality of tennis is something most people don't get to see. Uh, the, the quality of this tennis is, is pretty much the same tennis that's being played on TV right now over at Queens or Eastbourne or um, in, in Wimbledon. Maybe there's a few points difference, a little less consistent type things, but the quality that's the, the they're serving 130, 40 miles an hour out there. They're smacking the ball as hard as anybody can on any of those things. If you could come out and watch these matches right there, I think you would be sold on this concept right here. And you'll see that these players are as good as the people are close to as good as the people playing in the grand slam events and deserve this opportunity to try to compete with them so that they can see if they can go head to head with them. They're that that good i mean we had in san diego in three tournaments we were able to give 60 wild card spots to local players here we've got players that people see at the tennis courts every single day and watch them play grow up and that sort of thing here they can see them compete with the best players there are and it's an opportunity through these wild card system for them to get a chance to actually compete, get their first points, that sort of thing right there. Whether it's men, whether it's women, it's been extremely successful for us. So many players in the first three tournaments have received their first ATP point by playing in these tournaments right here. And if they, and even in qualifying, if they win matches, they get ITF points. ITF points are just a step below the ATP points. Uh, I don't know how many yet we're going to, we're going to go through and see, you know, calculate everything, but I'm sure there's out of probably a dozen, maybe even as many 15 people that receive wild cards actually receive some kind of points, whether they're ATP points or ITF points, very invaluable for them to go forward. In some cases, I think we've actually 
help somebody that where they were going to go back to college, maybe to graduate school, or maybe start teaching. And they got, they got a couple of points down. Now they're going to give it a shot a little bit more. They're going to go to LA and try to get some more points. They're going to maybe go to Europe and try to uh, expand their thing, but they wouldn't do it if they didn't have this right here. So you're getting, you're getting the best of both worlds. First of all, the matches are free and you're not going to see this type of match for free anywhere. These kids are trying harder than any pros ever try because it means so much to them. And um, uh, so, you know, I highly encourage people to come out and watch. You're not going to be disappointed and you can follow your own local players at the clubs that they're playing in, how they compete with the pros, how good they really are. Absolutely. Some people may have enjoyed watching August Holmgren play at the ATP San Diego event last season. He plays in the NCAA singles final this year. He wins an ATP SoCal Pro Circuit title, his first of his pro career. And yeah, you just feel like he is going to climb up the rankings. Players like Duarte Valle, McKenna Jones coming off of outstanding, you know, prolific college careers. They're using this as the springboard moving forward. And to your point, I mean, we had a three-hour, 45-minute final between Nate Ponwith and Duarte Valle. It's been really good tennis. It's, it's been delightful. And so, uh, obviously, looking forward to continuing our coverage next weekend. We've got three more events in the Los Angeles area to go. And we are well aware none of that would have happened without the support of people like you, Bruce. So, immensely grateful for you taking the time to chat with us today. Your support in getting this SoCal Pro Circuit off the ground as well. Well, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Chris Boyer from the uh, Southern California Tennis Association and Trevor Groneman right there and the, and, and the uh, support staff at the WTA, too. You know, this is this is a collaborative effort here. This is not a USTA tournament as such. I mean, this is the Southern California Tennis Association combining with the USTA, combining with the ATP, combining with the WTA. This is a top notch uh, circuit right here and it, it's everybody's uh, work together that's really made it as a success we have and i really hope and i really think that we can take this model and put it in 10 different sections of the country so that we have 60 tournaments a year instead of nine yeah um and, and i'm hoping that's where that's where it goes from here and so every section can have wild cards for their players in their section right there they can watch their players grow and we put more people out there pursuing their dreams. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, we appreciate being able to play a small part in that as well. So, Bruce, really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. Again, be safe, be healthy, and enjoy the final three weeks of the SoCal Pro Circuit. Thank you very much. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Bruce Klieg. A massive thank you to Bruce and the Klieg family for their support of this SoCal Pro Circuit. He discussed the importance of providing these pro opportunities and these sorts of tournaments just would not happen without the support of people like Bruce. So a massive thank you to him and of course our Cracked Rackets team. So grateful to be able to play a small part in the coverage of these events. Our coverage continuing on Saturday, July 2nd with another semifinal Saturday from Los Angeles. We'll then have championship Sunday coverage as well and coverage the subsequent two weeks as we enjoy the final three tournaments of this SoCal Pro Circuit. Of course, all of that action again available on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. Of course, we're also well aware Wimbledon starts next week. We'll have coverage of it on our mini break podcast feed day in, day out. All of our preview content available on the Great Shot podcast feed as well. All of those episodes offered on our website, crackedrackets.com or wherever you listen 
listen to your podcast. A shout out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westa, for the f- of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of these podcasts possible. Shout out again to our friends at Swing Vision as well. Remember, learn more by clicking on the link in the description to this podcast. Sign up using our promo code CRACK20 as well. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, Bruce Klieg, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Swing Vision, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>